The Once and Future Nerd is independently produced. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, visit onceandfuturenerd.com support to find out how you can help. Listening to this show on an iOS device? Leave us a rating on iTunes, please. The Once and Future Nerd. Book One, Princes of Jordan. Chapter Four, Monsters. Episode Four. We'll now rejoin Brennan and Regan. You'll recall that the pair had been ambushed, but Regan had managed to stalemate an otherwise hopeless confrontation by brandishing a small clay pot. You fuckers know what this shit is? Ever heard of thunder dust? Yeah, you have. You shoot me, I drop this, and we get blown to Selbrin. Don't be a fool, girl. They can just walk out of range, said a Guernatal officer, regarding the several Redmore crossbowmen with sights on Brennan and Regan. Yeah, but the general still gets turned to shepherd's pie. They want him dead. Their orders are kill on sight. Sure, but I'll bet whoever put them up to it is going to want to see some proof. So they need a recognizable corpse. So you're just going to head back that way, and we're going to head back this way. No, we're not. What? What? We're going to the castle. Have you lost your fucking mind? Take us to his majesty. Tell us who started this mutiny, and I'll petition for your lives to be spared. Hang on. I've got the thunder dust, so we're going where I say. I'm the body they're keeping you alive for. We go where I say, and I say the castle. It's all right, Melody. Worst of it's over. Arlene's yelp was in response to an ear-piercing that Gwen had just performed for her. Gwen pulled the needle through, and with it some fine silver thread. She fastened a knot around her lady's ear to shape it into a point, like an elf's. I still don't know why you poor highborn girls have to go through all that for a wedding. I think your ears are perfectly fair the way they are. I didn't mean... They look beautiful. I failed us, Gwen. I could have stopped him. Had I any courage at all. It wasn't the right moment. Then when is? He's more powerful than ever now. Ardell's not as clever as he thinks he is. We'll get another chance. And I'll fail again like I've failed all my life. You haven't failed all your life. Haven't I? Then show me one God's damn thing I have to show for my successes. Gwen looked down, hurt. Oh, oh, I didn't mean to shout at you, Gwen. You needn't apologize. You may speak to your servants however you wish. You must realize by now that you're more than a servant to me. Please don't stay cross with me. You've worried yourself sick these last few days, milady. Why don't we take a walk in the garden? Arlene lay down on her side. Will you lay with me, Gwen? Just for a little while? After a moment of surprise at this novel request, Gwen obliged. My embrace truly mean that much to you, back when you were homesick? Of course, milady. 
I knew I'd found it home. What's that feel like? Gwen moved herself close to Arlene and put an arm around her. Both closed their eyes, drinking in a feeling that almost resembled safety. Tell me I'm good. You're good. Tell me I'm worth something. You're worth the world. Tell me I'll be happy one day. Almost without realizing she was doing it, Gwen placed a gentle kiss on Arlene's neck. Their eyes jolted open, and Arlene whirled round to look at Gwen. The two looked at each other with the same look you might see when a doe spots a hunter. Before either could say or do anything further. What's going on? Emergency court meeting. The emergency meeting had been called as a result of some important news Ardell Redmore had gotten from one of his advisers. Captured? My orders were to kill on sight. Now we'll need to arrange a whole show of a trial. Give the men who captured him their hundred gold pieces, then have them killed for disobeying my orders. Arlene and Gwen entered the main hall through an upper-level gallery and looked down at Ardell sitting smugly in the throne he had recently usurped from Gunther Guernathal. There was a palpable shock in the court when the main doors flew open and Brennan strode in, shackled. Your Majesty, I've been... That was when he saw Ardell Redmore sitting where Gunther Guernathal should have been. You impudent ingrate! How dare you presume to sit in that throne? Where's his majesty? Regan, also shackled, was led into the hall behind Brennan. He awaits trial for treasons against the realm, blasphemies against Galadon, and issuing orders which would bring dishonor. You're a liar. None of this will stand. General Brennan of Greyfield, you are charged with conspiracy to commit treason against the realm, conspiracy to blaspheme against Galadon, carrying out dishonorable orders, and... Oh, why not? Consorting with prostitutes in a manner unbecoming of an officer. How do you plead? I'll die before I'm judged by the likes of you. You are now charged with obstructing an investigation of this court. Do you deny leaving this castle under clandestine orders from Gunther Guernatal? There is a special rack in Selberin for traitors, you upjumped shite. You are now charged with addressing nobility in an obscene manner. You will face trial in the morning. Take him away. Two of Ardell's men tried to follow this order, but they could not get Brennan's considerable heft to budge. Get your hands off me, you fucking swine. That's two counts of obscenity. It finally took six men to drag the raging general away. You. Meaning, Regan? You are charged with vagrancy, ludity, and seducing an officer of the military. How do you plead? Bite my cunt! Oh my In the morning, you will be hung from your neck until dead. And give my asshole a couple of licks while you're down there. What did she say? That's just common courtesy. His Majesty High King Gunther Guernathal was sitting on the stone floor of a dungeon cell, in no way fit for royalty, when he heard the heavy footsteps. Soon he was face to face with the captured general in whom all his hopes for salvation had once rested. They sat in silence for several minutes before Gunther decided what he wanted to say. 
It's not your fault. If I had gotten her back a bit sooner... You couldn't have predicted Redmore's betrayal. I'm supposed to be the one with a mind for politics. Vicious men triumph because they do things virtuous men would never think of. It would have been nice to meet her. She's... She's of a different world than you or I. No doubt. What's her name, by the way? Erona Regan. Erona? That's a name from the old times. Her grandmother loved all the stories from the old times. But it's blasphemy to praise the false idols of the past. Indeed. But the thing about women is the blasphemous ones are often... Well, never mind all that. You never got to read much history, did you? Never from the time. Mm. How could you? I've always had you out killing someone or another for me. It was my greatest honor to serve. I know, friend. I know. I should have knighted you. I'm sorry about that. I was always waiting for the right time to deal with all the backlash. So, who was this Irona from the old times? Well, they pronounced it Irona then. Back before the elves brought peace and men were just warring tribes, she was a famous warrior queen. Sounds about right. Oh? She's violent, devious, ruthless, uncompromising, doesn't give a damn about anyone but herself. So, you're saying... If only she gave a damn about anyone but herself, she'd be a perfect queen. Elsewhere in the dungeon, a somewhat dense Red Moor soldier left Regan standing in a corner with her hands shackled behind her back while he tried fruitlessly to open and examine her bedroll. He was thus distracted when Regan squatted and scooted her manacled hands behind her to the back of her knees. In the same motion, she sat and rocked backward and passed the chain under her feet and then stood instantly and effortlessly. If it looked like a thing she'd practiced many times, it was. She crept up behind the soldier. We shall take a turn from that grisly scene back to Madame Bailey's. You'll recall that, in order to protect a young girl, Jen had recently proved herself a passable thespian. Her performance was at least convincing enough to make Billy come running, and barely to notice the young girl in the room when he saw the scantily clad man. What the fuck's happening, Jen? Sometimes, at the peak of erotic excitement... Weenie, shut the fuck up! I leave you alone for ten minutes and you're nailing this guy? No, that's not... Christ, Billy, not everything is about you. What's that kid doing here? Close the door. Jen's performance was a ruse to keep Sergeant McShane away. Which one is Sergeant McShane again? If I recall, he is city guard and friend to our host. He's a monster. He knows sons and daughters of whores have nowhere else to go. That's why he comes here. Wait, comes here for what? He's a child molester, Billy. Whoa, shit. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. No offense, but are we expected to merely take your word? I saw the way she looked when she came in here. Whatever he wanted with her, it, it wasn't anything good. So what do we do? We kick his fucking ass is what we do. Why not just report him to his superiors? Surely they would disapprove. Then we'll all be in jail, and the kids will be in orphanages. There's no better for them in there. We should leave this place. 
We can escort you two as far as... You think as... I'm here because I've got better options. Yellowine, take the children elsewhere. I'll stay here to hide these two until McShane leaves. What about all the other kids? I can only hide so many in this room before someone notices. No, we, we need to stop him or it's just going to keep happening. This world is filled with evil. The righteous must choose their battles. We cannot win this one. I refuse to believe that. Well, we certainly can't do anything tonight. Let's try to get some sleep and think on it in the morning. Jen stroked the young girl's hair. You're gonna be all right. I promise. Back at Castle Gwernatal, Gwen searched the cavernous pantry for some sweet to cheer up her mistress. As she moved aside a small barrel, Ingrid Get! A mangy cat skulked away deeper into the shelves. Sensing the commotion outside was nothing good, Gwen looked frantically for a place to hide in the pantry. She found a barely remembered service door that led through some tunnels and out of the castle. She had no intention of leaving, but she breathed a sigh of relief at having a way out if the need should... Oof. Gwen wheeled around to see a Mooncrest-style sword pointed at her. Holding it was the very determined-looking woman she had seen in court a few hours before. Move or you die. You're the one they brought in with the general. And I'll be leaving by myself, right through that door. Maybe over your corpse, but that's up to you. You escaped. I can see you're a little slow, so I'm gonna give you one more try. How many men did you kill to escape? As many as I had to. If you move right the fuck now, you won't be one of them. If not, I will put this sword through you and you will die. Got it? You can save the king and the general. But I won't. Last chance. Help us. I beg of you. Fuck. I tried. Gwen closed her eyes as Regan raised her sword. The mangy cat leapt at Regan. Reflexively, Regan flicked her sword towards her feline assailant. Two bloody halves of Ingrid the cat fell to the ground. Shit. Strangely, and for the first time in many years, it took concentration for Regan not to look shaken. Was that your cat? Wasn't really anyone's, but I fed her. Sorry about that. So, do I have to kill you two? No, you can help instead. You're not gonna be a hero. You're just gonna be dead. Servants don't make it into the songs. Ardell Redmore is a monster. Good people will suffer if he's not stopped. Good people suffer no matter what. I don't need to suffer too. Sorry, sweetheart. Do yourself a favor and close your eyes. No. Have it your way. Regan raised the sword once more. Look me in the eyes. Understand the pain and despair that's brought me to this. Does that make you feel nothing? Nope. I'm sorry. I imagine in your shoes I'd say the same, but I'm sorry. Oh, God, fucking damn it! What are you so eager to die for? Love. Love. Love? Are you fucking... Love? You scrape up everyone's shit so they'll feed you. How could you possibly be so fucking stupid as to love anything? Only other choice is to hate everything. That's not living. Get that off some horseshit preacher? Me sister, before she died. Regan's eyes were lit coals. She went this way. Close your eyes. 
Okay. Gwen took a breath, closed her eyes, and bowed her head. As Regan cleaned the blade of her sword, she found herself wondering, for the first time she could remember, if she hadn't just made an awful mistake. And as she wondered, Gunther and Brennan spoke to each other from their respective cells. So, this is what weakness feels like. Weak is not a thing you've ever been, Brennan. I remember you cutting three men clean in half with one blow. I cannot get you out of here now. That's weakness. They'll come for you first. I know you want to fight back. Please don't. I'm gonna make him beat me to death in front of everyone. The court should face the brutality of the men I chose to lead. The pretentious sycophants in my court only tolerated you because of me. You know that. They won't care to see you suffer. Only I will. That's what Redmore wants. Don't give him the satisfaction. That's my last order. Just tell me I served you well, and I'll die content. Regan could not help but feel a bit sorry for the serving girl she had just met. For though Gwen was very much alive, like as not she would have to clean up the trail of Redmore corpses Regan had made on her way back through the kitchen and back down to the dungeon. Hey! General. As she committed herself to a decision she sorely hoped she would not regret, Brennan's eyes snapped up at the sound of the last voice he ever expected to hear. I think we're due to leave. For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira, and directed and edited by Christian Madeira. It is performed by Rhiannon Angel, Garrett Armin, Dan Dobransky, Lily Drexler, Hayes Dunlop, Anya Gibeon, Ian Harkins, Paul Notice, Frank Juarez, and Julie Reed. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. The Once in Future Nerd is recorded by Brian Forbes at the Gallery Recording Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with second unit production sound by Gary O'Keefe. Foley, sound design, and post-production mixing is done by Sandra Ramirez. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Thanks for downloading 